Um, the fantasy football season winding down. And for our weekly fantasy football update, out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports and by John McKechnie of rotowire.com. John, always good to have you. And a couple of weeks to go in most fantasy leagues uh, before the fantasy playoffs go. How does this change your waiver wire strategy, whether it be just looking to add anybody you can to maybe help or maybe uh, try to block uh, good players or possible available good players going to contending teams that you're trying to beat? Well, um, you know, there, there is the, the game theory there that, that you're kind of alluding to with, with the, uh, the second part of that, that question. I don't uh, love operating that, that way. Of, you know, if you're, if you're out of the race, don't mess around with, with the waiver wires. But if you're still in the hunt, then you, you are absolutely within your rights to pick up as many players as, as you want and as can, uh, can work to, to help out your roster here down the stretch. I, I tend to look for around this time of the year, just uh, kind of like one-off spot starters that I, that I think would be immediate improvements over guys that have been, you know, for, for lack of a better word, just kind of like dead weight on my roster, just not, not really ever cracking my starting lineup. It's okay to, to make that churn at this stage. You know, someone like a, a Kyle Pitts, for example, might be a pretty cathartic drop um, for a lot of people if they want to pick up someone like a, a Pat Fryermuth instead this week at the tight end spot. So there's that in mind. And I think also that this is kind of a crazy week as far as bye weeks are concerned, which yeah. really adds a wrinkle with everyone trying to claw their way into the postseason where you've got the Bills on a bye, you've got the Ravens on a bye, the Vikings. And I know I'm missing at least three others. So, I mean, it's it's going to be pretty scant out there. You know, I'm looking at a couple of my benches, and there there are some teams where everyone – is on a buy this week. That's true. The Bears here on a buy, but I don't know if you want any of those guys. <laughs> so that's that's a whole different story. Okay. Uh, well, I want to ask about a team before we move on to the usual procedure here. On Sunday, the Steelers' offense exploded for over 400 yards for the first time since, like, Terry Bradshaw was the quarterback. But they still only scored one touchdown in 37 minutes possession time. For two days, I've heard people tell me how the Steelers have kind of figured this out because they changed the coordinator. Uh, do you agree with that? They still only scored one touchdown. Right, exactly. I think that, that uh, when, when you've been starving for, for any sort of uh, positive offensive momentum, uh, 16 points looks pretty good for you if, if you're a Steelers fan. So, um, yeah, to your point, this isn't fixed. Um, I, I think that you know, we have a guy in, in Jalen Warren who I think has kind of been the fantasy MVP. Najee Harris had, had one of his better games of the season um, as well. It was definitely interesting that, that Pat Fryermuth um, right. uh, did as well as he did. You know, the nine catches for, for 120 on 11 targets, um, that's pretty impressive stuff. Deontay Johnson just seems to, to be uh, not overly happy with the quarterback situation there and neither does George Pickens. So maybe just by extension of that Fryermuth is going to really uh, pick things up for, for this passing game as we move into the stretch run of, of the season. But yeah, to, to answer your question in full, um, I, I don't think that this is a Steelers offense that suddenly is going to be explosive on a week to week basis. I think it's kind of an undersold uh, narrative. Everyone obviously knows now that the Bengals are not going to have much of an offense the rest of the season with Joe Burrow sidelined, but that defense was a problem before Burrow even got injured. I mean, they, they've had, mm-hmm. um, they've yep. been gashed on the ground continuously throughout the course of the season. One of the, the worst run defenses 
in football. And that's going to get worse when, when, uh, when an offense like what the Bengals have on the other side uh, is unable to sustain drive. So the defense that's already a little bit bad and battle-tested uh, is getting put on the field way more than they would feel comfortable uh, being out there for. So um, I think it was kind of a one-hand wash of the other type of situation on Sunday as far as all the, all the volume of yardage that the Steelers were able to put up. We'll see if they're able to continue that, but uh, uh, consider me skeptical. I think we have enough of a sample through the first uh, 12 weeks of the season to, to not jump too much to conclusions after one decent outing. Yeah, I, I'm in line right behind you in the skeptical line right there for sure. All right, so let's get to some running backs. You mentioned the six teams on by this week, so uh, anybody out there in a waiver wire that catches your attention? Well, it it's it's an interesting dynamic because some news has come down uh, this morning when it comes to Jonathan Taylor. It looks like he yeah. suffered a bit of a of a thumb injury, so that all, all of a sudden makes Zach Moss very interesting once again. So I, I think in in some formats, uh, maybe the 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 manager that had Zach Moss once Taylor got back and started taking over the bulk of the backfield work, just tossed him back out on the waiver wire. If that's the case, uh, he needs to be the priority. Uh, running back pickup for the, this week. I don't think anyone else really comes close. Um, you know, most serious leagues, people picked Tyron Williams back up uh, going into last week, so doubtful that, that he's going to be available uh, much anywhere. So right now it does look like Zach Moss is, is the uh, priority add uh, at the running back position, and one that, that can really kind of help springboard you um, the, the rest of the way. And I, I wouldn't personally try to get too cute with, with um, you know, looking a little bit further down the depth chart with someone like a Trey Sermon or an Evan Hull there in Indianapolis. I think it's going to be the Moss show if Taylor is to miss time and, and uh, not, not a whole lot of work left over for the rest of the guys. Now, I was really surprised when I saw that about Taylor within the last like 90 minutes because you know he talked in the post game and went to the podium and talked to the media, and so that's kind of an unusual procedure, so I'm not exactly sure what's going on there. All right, you mentioned Williams. Uh, I talked about him a lot last week, some with you and some during our weekly discussion about the Cardinals. He's been great in two games against the Cardinals. Will he continue to excel when not playing the Cardinals any more times this season? Unless, of course, they play in the playoffs. Kyron <laughs> <laughs> um, Williams, it, it, it doesn't make sense to me, right? Because the, the way that I kind of study these prospects and everything, he doesn't check a ton of boxes. But at the same time, it's hard to argue with the results that you've gotten out of Kyron Williams this year. He's been nothing short of phenomenal. Like if you look at his player page on Rotowire, it's green, uh, green bars all over the place that, that are, you know, reflective of, of where he ranks percentile wise um, relative to the rest of the, the running backs in the league, three 100 yard games to this point, a bunch of multi touchdown games as well. He's effective as a pass catcher. No doubt about that. So I think, you know, you have a you have a tough stretch coming up here for, for Kyron Williams in that he has to go against the, the Browns and the Ravens defenses. But if you can survive those two weeks, once we get into the fantasy playoffs in, in full swing, uh, Washington, New Orleans, and the Giants all on the docket in the late season for, for the Rams. So I, I think, if nothing else, he, he's probably a, a very strong flex candidate for, for these next two weeks. And then I think, he, you know, there's a legitimate case for him to be uh, viewed as an RB2 um, for, for that kind of stretch run there with Washington, New Orleans, and the Giants. 
Jeff Wilson, we've talked about him some the last couple of years, whether he's in San Francisco or whether he's been in Miami. We, you know, HN obviously missed another game. I'm not really sure what to think about their running back situation. Is is Wilson worth at least a roster spot at this point? I, I think that that's it. Uh, it. He's someone that you'd probably want to just kind of corner the market on just, just in the event that HN has to miss additional time. And, and Raheem Mostert, I mean, this has obviously been – uh, a bit of an aberration of a season for him, not just on the on the production end, but uh, his ability to play in every single game thus far this season. That's obviously been kind of the the story uh, line mm. on on Mostert over the course of his career. Great when he's out there, and and uh, but you never can count on him for being out there for particularly long. But obviously, the the Dolphins uh, medical staff is really doing a great job of of you know kind of helping him avoid uh, the, those injuries that kept him out a whole bunch when he was in San Francisco and bouncing around uh, the league all over the place. But HN, I think it would be pragmatic of, of the Dolphins if they feel like they can win without HN to just keep him out until he's fully, fully healthy. Because it, it seemed mm-hmm. like uh, that, I, I don't know if it was completely related to his earlier season, the injury, but uh, that, that can always be tricky in your first game back. Um, so I think that the, the Dolphins can absolutely get by with it with a combo of Mostert and Jeff Wilson, at least for these next couple of weeks, when you have a, a kind of soft spot in the schedule, you got Washington and Tennessee over these next two weeks. If if they held out HN for that, then Wilson definitely on the radar. John McKechnie, RotoWire.com, currently in the sports zone. All right, on the wide receivers, uh, what, uh, who tops the list this week for waiver wire ads and possibilities at least? Um, we're, we're starting to see that this Green Bay Packers team turn it on, right? I mean, they they uh, they, they were – played a close game in Pittsburgh a few weeks back, and you started to kind of see uh, some signs of life, some signs of progress after, you know, some pretty shaky uh, performances over the first couple of months of the season. Um, they, they dispatched the Rams, but that was more because of the Rams had Brett Ripien out there. Um, but the, the last couple of games here, uh, especially the one on Thanksgiving uh, against the Lions, really shows that th- this is a Packers offense that might be figuring it out. I mean, it was such a young nucleus coming into the season where, um, you know, you have all these first and second-year receivers. You've got a first-year full-time starter in, in Jordan Love at the quarterback spot. So right now, um, it looks like Jaden Reed would be the, the Green Bay uh, wide receiver to target on the waiver wire in terms of guys that are likely still available out there. Rookie out of Michigan State looking pretty Impressive so far, and I, I wouldn't even uh, fault anyone for, for speculating on Dontavian uh, Wicks a, as well, the, the number four receiver for the Packers. And obviously, if Romeo Dobbs is somehow available in your league and you need some receiver help, um, I think that he makes a bit of sense in his own right. So it, it, I'm mostly Packers-centric with, with, my, uh, with my take um, on, on the receivers that, this week. Um, but beyond that, if Josh Downs is, is for whatever, whatever reason, still kicking around, on your waiver wire, the, the rookie for Indianapolis, I, I think that he's uh, legit. He's someone that I have in a, in a bunch of different spots, and I see him available on the waiver wire and a couple others. So um, I, I think that there's a good chance that, that he should be out there. And if so, um, I, I think he's someone to pick up because I think this Indianapolis offense, um, it, you know, after a little bit of rough go, trying to figure things out post-Anthony Richardson, it seems to be clicking pretty nicely right now. 
Okay, here's my dart throw for the week. Uh, at least I admit, I admit that it's a dart throw. Maybe some other stuff would be you know, dart throws from other people's opinion. But uh, Jalen Hyatt, he got some targets from Tommy DeVito. I realize it's Tommy DeVito, but he actually has looked not terrible the last couple of games. I know the Giants are on by this week, but look, you know, looking ahead, we got some playoffs and uh, fantasy leagues that start in a couple weeks. Is Hyatt worth an ad? Uh, I think he could be if if, uh, if you are in need of, of some wide receiver help because I think what he offers uh, that's different from the the rest of those Giants receivers, although Darius Slayton I, I think can can fit this mold a little bit in his own right, but I think Jalen Hyatt, what what was his calling card at Tennessee? Just being a game breaker with 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 the downfield yeah. ability, the the speed, the ability to get behind the safeties in the blink of an eye, and all of a sudden you know he's he's running for a wide open touchdown. So he does have that innate uh, speed and, and ability to, to really make the defense uh, be very worried about the shot plays over the top. And it seems like Tommy DeVito, now that he's getting a little bit more time and a little bit more comfortable back there, that, that's an element of this offense that, that can exist potentially here um, down the stretch. So again, like you said, Giants being on a bye this week makes it a little bit tougher to, to stash him. So you, you're, you'll have to make your roster assessments for yourself to see if you can take on someone that isn't going to be able to help you out for this week. But I, I think in terms of the longer-term uh, projection for the rest of the season for Hyatt, like I'm definitely interested. I was definitely um, disappointed in how things uh, turned out through the first half of the season or so. But, you know, five catches on six targets for 109, that's more in line with what you, you could have expected as like an upper range outcome for Jalen Hyatt and that could be the start of something for him okay Adam Thielen uh you know no longer uh, gonna be you know what the Frank Reich's gone in Carolina Thielen's numbers with Reich calling plays was actually pretty good when Reich didn't call plays it wasn't good good at all so is Thielen, Thielen excuse me is he basically a, a drop now without uh Frank Reich as the, as the uh, play caller and head coach um, I think he's someone that you probably are benching for, for this week against ten, uh, Tampa Bay, I'm sorry. But I don't know if I'm ready to drop him j- just yet. I mean, th- this this last game was obviously the bottom falling out. It led to Frank Wright getting fired. But, you know, he only Thielen only saw three targets in that game, making the one catch for, for two yards. But, I mean, I, I guess bottom line here, who else is Bryce Young going to throw to, regardless of who the coach is? You know, like I, I just don't, I just don't really see a whole lot of talent there, other than past his prime, Adam Thielen, who, like you said, uh, was actually cooking along pretty well earlier on in the season. So maybe he's wearing down a little bit after being as busy as he was. You know, all these double-digit target games uh, earlier on in the season. But I, I think that, you know, he's still someone that, that's worthy of rostering, but he's, he's not the set-it-and-forget-it type of guy that, that, you, that kind of was like almost like finding a $20 bill in, in uh, your pants pocket from, that you haven't worn from last year because, I mean, like, you, you're, you're able to get him like the 12th, 13th round, and all of a sudden he's starting in your, or he's in your lineup every week. He's putting up wide receiver one type of production. We probably should have known that that wasn't going to last for forever, but I th- still think there will be some utility from Thielen going forward. I'm, I'm dubious on whether it will be this week, but Tampa Bay, mm, they do have a pretty shaky pass defense in their own right. 
That'd be true. Back in my younger days, it was you know that twenty bucks that I found in my jeans. Where was that last night when I was at the bar? I could have used that extra twenty bucks. So, all right, yeah. on to some quarterbacks here. Six teams on buys. We've mentioned a couple of times. And anybody out there? I don't think there's that many quarterbacks that are on buy this week that are you know gonna be. Yeah, I need to get a quarterback because this guy's not playing this week though. So a little different than a couple of weeks ago when we had all those stud quarterbacks out. Right, exactly. So, and even Lamar Jackson be, be, being off this week, it's yeah, you know, his production for, from a fantasy perspective hasn't been like unbelievable in in, in quite a few weeks now at this point. Um, but beyond that, I, I think as far as realistic waiver wire targets out there, um, I think Jordan Love would 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 fit the bill the best. Um, I, I would probably, unless I am really in in deep trouble at quarterback, I, I would leave someone like a Kenny Pickett alone. I'm just not buying that 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 was. Uh, the start of any sort of real breakout uh, for him and, and the Steelers' offense, respectively. But if if, uh, if one Gardner Minshew is still kicking around on your waiver wire, but most mm-hmm. more likely than not, just in your one quarterback leagues, he he should still be available out there. Um, I'm, I'm definitely interested in him going into uh, the, their game coming up against the Tennessee secondary. That you know, obviously traded Kevin Byard hasn't been performing all that well. Doesn't have the best personnel. Um, in its own right. So I think Min- Minshew as a potential spot starter, if you know you, you have no Josh Allen available to you this week and no, no uh, good recourse uh, second uh, quarterback, I think that that uh, would definitely make sense as a, as, a, uh, as a play in a pinch. You mentioned the Bengals offense. You know, Jake Browning appears to be bad, not surprising, but he appears that he's not going to do much. So are all the Bengals skill players in trouble really for the rest of the season? Well, it's interesting because it felt like the Steelers, their approach was just to take away the run game, make Jake Browning beat them. Turned out pretty good game plan. But Browning, for his own part, you know, was reasonably efficient and effective. You know, he was like 19 of 26, um, not, not like gaudy uh, per pass numbers or anything. But, you know, he still got Jamar Chase to about where you want uh, him to be. Um, but beyond that, I, I think that we're just going to have a lot of trouble justifying starting guys like, like T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd um, and, and uh, the, the tight ends there uh, the rest of the way. And, and, you know, my antenna is definitely up when it comes to Joe Mixon because it, I think yeah. that teams are just going to effectively copy what the Steelers did game plan-wise against the Bengals and just say, hey, all right, Jake Browning, beat us. You know, let's see what you got. We're, you're not going to have Joe Mixon moving the chains for you. Um, you know, whenever you want, like, like it's like the situation tends to be when Joe Burrow is back there. So I am concerned about Nixon. I'm not ready to bench him, but although this week I'm going to have, it's one of those things where you're going to have to look at your other options uh, at, at, at the running back spot, because again, this is a, this is a tough spot for the Bengals and they're going into Jacksonville. It's a Monday night game. And the Jags have, in my opinion, and by the numbers, a, a top five run defense. So this could be another mm-hmm. like perilously low uh, production type of outing for Joe Mixon. Okay, that's that's bad for me because I'm a Joe Mixon owner. So yeah, I knew that me before. Too. So I just needed. Thanks for the confirmation. I really appreciate it. Uh, all right, Tyler Higby, his first two touchdowns of the season last week against the Cardinals, but the Cardinals have been awful against tight ends for years. Uh, so does this mean anything moving forward with Higby? Uh, well, I, I would say that the Rams generally are, are playing a little bit better of late. You know, they, they were able to beat the Seahawks a couple weeks ago and, and, you know, do what they did this past Sunday. So 
among uh, among most of your standard ESPN leagues, where, where you just start one tight end, Higby's probably the the best of the bunch as far as your tight end uh, pickups this week. I think other guys like Chigo Conquo, Luke Musgrave, Tyler Conklin, like I'm, I'm less confident in those guys. Uh, Michael Mayer is is an interesting player, but he's on a bye this week, so he can't help you out either. So Higby. I'm not expecting another two-touchdown game the rest of the season for him, especially the way that things have gone for him outside of this past weekend. But I think tight end is in such shambles right now that anyone with a pulse kind of kind of gets the job done for you in a lot of senses. So Higby would be the, the priority tight end uh, waiver wire ad this week for sure. All right, John. So tell people where they can hear John McKechnie other than this uh, you know, magical seg- segment that we have every Tuesday. Yes. So what I, I host the Roadwire Dave's football podcast on Thursdays. Mario Puig and I break down every single game on the slate for, from a fantasy angle. Uh, check us out. We also live stream it on YouTube. We answer listener questions during the course of the show. Um, so that, that's one way to, to uh, check us out. And then another would be the uh, Roadwire podcast. Uh, Sports betting podcast, we, we focus on the NFL. Uh, Nick Whalen and I come up with our best bets every single week. We end the show with, with our favorite parlays um, as well, and occasionally they even come through. So that's that's uh, not a All bad right. way to, to get after it as well. So um, those are my those are my main two Rotowire uh, media responsibilities. Uh, just check us out over on uh, however you get your podcast and on the Rotowire YouTube channel. Excellent stuff as always, John. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks much. Sounds great. Thanks again, and I'll catch you next week. All right. John McKechnie of rotowire.com.